I've heard it said that if you want to humble a Christian, ask them about their prayer life. And I think the tr same is true for me. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I have struggled with my prayer life for years. Um, you know, there might be some things that I grew up doing, like praying before meals, that comes naturally to me. Yet there's other things like having a personal prayer time with God. I struggled for years and years, on and off. Like I could not make it a habit. I struggled. I was like, man, if people knew, they wouldn't even want to come on Sundays and listen to me. Then I, I struggled with it. And, and I think if you've ever struggled to develop a habit, or especially a faith habit, you're human. Right? Okay? You are normal. If you've struggled to pray, struggled to read your Bible, struggled to even think about memorizing a Bible verse, you're like, no, that's way beyond me. Serving, I don't have time for that. If you've ever thought about that, you are normal. Okay? You are a human being because it is really, really hard to start a new habit. And last week, we kicked off this series, Habits, because small changes can make a, an enormous impact in your life. And last week, we, we kicked it off with just this idea that we actually should be making habits, that we should take it seriously. In fact, uh, the big idea last week was train to win. And straight from what the Apostle Paul teaches in the Bible is that we should train to win, that we should run, run in a race so that we could be first place. Do we do that? And we learned a simple little acrostic, if you were here last week, to train, right? Take it seriously, to reach for the reward, to act purposefully, to internalize self-control, and then never give up. And we have to do that to develop habits. So I hope that some of you last week were encouraged, challenged, inspired to try some new habits. I heard from one mom that said, hey, my kid was like, yeah, I'm going to start a new habit, mom. And I'm like, I love that. We're investing in the next generation. But I wonder if that kid experienced what the rest of you guys did. It's hard to start a new habit. Who in here wanted to start a new habit last week and has already struggled? Anybody? Okay, yes. We can be honest here. It is hard to start a new habit. And that is a normal thing. So today we're going to talk about how do we actually make habits stick. And I'm going to teach you a simple concept today called habit stacking. And it's not just something that psychologists and self-help gurus have written about recently. It's actually something that God invented, okay? And it's in the Bible itself, as we'll see, that habit stacking is such a powerful way that you can develop good habits. So I've said this series is going to be excellent. If you're like a non-Christian, if you're Buddhist here, if you're an agnostic, whatever, this is going to be a great series for you because you can take all these ideas of habits and apply it to your life. So if you're here, please just listen, take some notes, learn. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I hope that we can take it another level because today in particular, I'm going to focus on habits of faith how to start habits of faith. And I'm going to challenge everybody today to pick one little habit of faith to start in their life. Um, but even if you're like, I'm not a, a person of faith, maybe there's something spiritual that you can add. Maybe there's some other thing that's important to you that you can add as well. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to understand the idea of habits first before we jump into God's word. And we're going to see that God taught it long before it was ever written in books <laughs> over the last 20 years. Um, and if you have um, your YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along in the, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, there's three lines, hit more, and then find events for Rice Church Center. You can see all the notes there, save them there, scripture. And then also there's a link to resources on our website, arisedenver.com slash habits, where all the resources I reference are linked there. So we're going to learn this idea of habit stacking because I want you to learn how to habit stack your faith. 
So what are habits? How do they actually work? I think this is important so much so that if you're here in person on your seat, you should have one of these cards on the front. It has the habits loop. Now, I did not invent this. It's been around for a lot of different years, and it's just a simple way to understand habits. So how do habits work? As you can see um, on this uh, graphic that's behind me, that habits have three parts. And so, some people do four parts, but I think three parts is the best way to understand it simply, is that there's a cue. Something happens. The cue sets you off. Maybe it's just waking up and you reach over for your phone, okay? There's a cue. You wake up. Maybe you wake up and run to the bathroom, okay? I don't know what your cue is, but there's lots of cues throughout our day. When you um, go in the grocery store and you walk by the donuts, that's a cue. That's a cue, right? You see it, you smell it. There's different cues. It can be a smell, it can be a sight, it can be a sound, it can be something in your head that happens. There's a cue. That's the first thing. And then when that cue comes into your life, that, that trigger, it leads to a routine, a behavior or a set of behaviors that you have, that you smell the donuts and you go and start eating one. Okay, you don't even wait till you pay for it, right? Anybody else? Am I the only one? Okay, I pay for it at the end, okay? But you, you do that, you have the cue. You, you come downstairs and you automatically go to open up the cabinet to start brewing some coffee, right? You have the habit and then there's the behavior that comes out of it based on that cue. And then the third thing is the reward. The reward. That when you brew that coffee and you take the drink, you feel warm inside and energized, and you're ready to go. You taste that donut, ooh, that's good. That sugar rush gets you, doesn't it? Whatever the habit is, this is how it works. And it, it's a circle, right, because it reinforces itself. If you get that reward enough, the next time you smell the donut, you want another one. And that's how it goes, it reinforces it until it becomes mindless. And this is the good and bad of habits, right? The good and the bad of habits. The good is that 40% of your life, as we said last week, are habits. You do them without thinking. You might drive all the way to work 25 minutes, not even think about it once. You guys, you know what I'm talking about? Like you just go through the whole routine, boom, you're there in front of your desk. Okay, now what am I supposed to do? Now what am I supposed to do? You, we have habits like that, and that's the good thing because if you build good habits, you don't even have to think about it. You don't even need to use self-control. You, you just do the good thing. It's also bad for bad habits, which we're going to spend a whole message next week talking about. So if you're like, I got some bad habits I need to break, come back next week for breaking bad habits. It's going to be good. Next week. But this, this idea of a cue, routine, reward is so important. And I think what we struggle with, because most of us just jump straight to the routine. That's the habit you want to build, right? Here's this thing I want to do. So I want to start a good habit. I want to start praying. I want to start reading my Bible. I want to start serving. And you're just going to go straight to the routine. That's the routine I want. And we actually end up ignoring the cue and the reward. But those are so important for us to understand if we actually want to make a loop that makes it easier and easier and just natural if you want that good habit in your life. So what we need to learn is three different things with each one of, or I guess one thing for each one of these three components. With a cue... We need to learn to make it obvious. It needs to be clearer. It needs to be so simple that it hits you in the face. Just so obvious. If you want to start running, for me, one of the hardest things is getting my clothes on in the morning, right? I'm like, oh, where's my shoes? Where's my... And if the shoes and the clothes are just sitting there, 
right next to the bed or, or sitting there right by the door or whatever your routine is. It's like, it's obvious. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to run, right? You have an alarm go off, and it says on the alarm what you're supposed to do. Has anybody ever done this? I do this for myself. It becomes obvious what I'm supposed to do next. Make it obvious. The second thing with a routine is that we need to make it easy. We sometimes want to jump in the deep end. I think a lot of people do this around January. I talked with a trainer in our church this morning. He's like, yeah, this place, the, 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 the whole gym was packed. He's like, in January, people are there every day. In February, they come about three times a week. And in March, they're gone. Right? Because you jump in a whole hog at the beginning. I'm going to make this huge routine that's going to be awesome. I'm going to lose all the weight that I want to within the first two weeks. And then it's too big of a routine. It's like, it's too much. I'm too exhausted. I don't have time for that in my work schedule. So you give it up by March. Anybody been here? Okay. Confession time. Okay. The routine is too complex. It's too hard. It's too difficult. We need to make it easy. Make it simple. James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, says, if you want to start running, just every morning start tying your shoes. Make it simple. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I can get on the treadmill now for five minutes. I can do that. Okay, you got to make it very, very simple. What's the simple way to do it? And then the third thing with the reward is that we want to make it satisfying. The reward has to be better. The reward has to be better. I'll tell you what I'm doing this year to make it better. When I run, we have a, this like elliptical stair climber thing. When I get on it, that's the only time I watch the show I want to watch. That's my reward. It's built in. It makes me want to get on there more. You, you don't have to create a brand new reward. Like You don't have to like give yourself a chocolate every time you work out because that kind of defeats the purpose. But that could be for maybe another habit. You reward yourself in some way and you make it even more satisfying. Because if you're like, wait, isn't praying enough that you can like commune with God or whatever? It's like, yeah, but let's make it, sometimes it takes a while before you really start feeling God in your life, changing things. But you can, like, like for me, I, I check a box, right? Yeah, I did it, okay? I make it, I can feel that little reward every time I check a box. So what are you doing to make it satisfying? So this is a simple way to establish any habit. And why I really want to focus on this idea of habit stacking today is because it really focuses on the first thing. The first thing, the cue. The reason why we struggle so much to develop a new habit is because we're trying to just develop it out of thin air. We're trying to create it out of nothing. I am going to every day get on my knees and pray for 15 minutes. Well, then when in your day are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? it? It just becomes so complex. But the idea of habit stacking is that you already have hundreds, maybe thousands of habits in your life that you do every single day. I want you to think of the last normal day you had. A normal work day, the normal school day, whatever it is, your normal day. Think about when you wake up in the morning. What do you do? What's the first thing? What's the next thing? What's the third thing? I'm sure in your head you already know all the steps that you do if you really stop to think about it. You're doing almost all of those things without thinking at all. You already have some habits. So the idea of habits is that you already have a habit. Use that as your cue and build onto it, stack onto it some other habits. So with prayer, let me tell you, I struggled and struggled because I thought, okay, if I want to be a good prayer, okay, I, I want to be like the great saints. I got to, you know, get up. I got to get on my knees by myself in like a prayer closet. And I'm like, well, I don't have a prayer closet, okay. What do I do, okay? Where, where do I go? How do I do it? And it became so big for me that I was just like, that's too daunting. 
But then I was like, well, every morning I grab my phone, right? What, what do I do? Well, that first thing you do, what if maybe the first thing you do becomes prayer? Well, I got a prayer app now, okay? It took me years and years. I'm telling you guys this, not as like some superior person. It took me years of struggle and failure. I've confessed to some of you guys how, how much I failed at praying regularly. But finally now, I have a prayer app that I can go to, and I'm already waking up in the morning. I'm already grabbing my phone. I don't need to like create a new habit like, no, 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 I got to run out of my bed, put on my shoes, get a, you know, uh, no, I'm just going to pick up my phone and use my prayer app. And I've already programmed it with all the things I want to pray for, the topics, the people, the, the issues, so that it automatically brings it up for me. So I have made the cue obvious. I'm already doing it. I'm already doing it. And then for me, I've made it simple, like the app tells me what to pray for. Because <laughs> some days I don't know, right? You guys with me? And then the reward, I got a check mark, right? Uh, I've done this with Bible reading too, that you get the check mark, you can see yourself reading through the Bible, and you're like, wow, I'm getting ahead, like this is cool. We, we were talking at our community group in the fall when we did our Bible series, and we were like, hey, who uses the Bible app, and what's your streak? So I wanted to see with you guys here in the church, okay, so what, who, who, who uses the Bible app? to either read their Bible or to keep track of their reading. Because you can use it and read in a physical Bible if that's true. Who, who in here? I want to say, who has the biggest streak? Okay, let's just take a, a quick little thing. Uh, anybody want to share? What, what do you think is, is your longest streak? Anybody in here? I think I know who's going to win because this person's in here. Anybody? Anybody over a 100-day streak? Does anybody know how to find the streak? It's in the upper right-hand corner. It has like a lightning bolt and a number. Anybody over 100? Josh, yeah, Josh, we got another Rewa here. Okay, anybody, oh, okay, Sharon, anybody over 200 days? Jeremy, Rewa, okay. Okay, you're over 200 days too, Chase? Or are you just stretching? Okay. Okay, um, anybody over 300 days? Jeremy and Rewa, okay, Rewa, what's your streak? 2,000. Jeremy, what's your streak at? Nine, I think Rewa's our winner. 1,902 days, 2,000 for Rewa. Like, that's impressive, right? That's a good streak, right? And it's like a reward built in. I'm seeing it every single day. Okay, and now you get to share it with other people, too. You can share it online. You can have friends on the app so other people can see that you're reading your Bible. There's rewards built in. So habit stacking means don't create a habit out of nothing. It is nearly impossible to create a habit out of nothing. It's so hard. But do you already have a habit that you can stack it onto? Now, maybe it's not morning for you. Maybe it's every night when you lay down in bed. That could be a good... You're already laying down in bed every single night. Okay, I don't think you're pulling on all-nighters regularly. right? But every night when you lay in bed, what do you do? Every time you brush your teeth, what do you do? Every time you open up the fridge, what do you do? We have built-in habits into our life. Now let's stack onto them. And this doesn't have to just be a spiritual thing. It's like every time you open the fridge, drop down and give you 20. You know, if you do 20 push-ups, every time you open the fridge, you're going to get ripped, okay? Right? Am I right? But that's what habit stacking is good for. You already have habits in your life. Now add to it the habit you want to build. And make it simple. Make it easy. James Clear recommends not more than a two-minute habit. If it takes longer than two minutes, it's going to be really hard to establish. Just do two minutes and then add another two minutes and then another two minutes. Don't start out praying for an hour every morning, okay? If you can, great, but most of us can't. Most of us can't. But could we pray for two minutes? 
I think so. Now, this idea of habit stacking, some of you are already like, well, Matt, you've talked a lot about psychology, all this, this stuff from books. Like, I, I didn't come here for a TED Talk. I want some of Jesus, right? I need some of the Bible. Okay, we're going to talk about the Bible next. So let's look at what God says, because he's actually the one who invented habit stacking. And I want you guys to see this in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now, there's a lot of different places that I think this concept is throughout the Bible. They didn't call it habit stacking in the Bible, okay? Somebody invented that later, but it was there. But in Deuteronomy chapter 11, we see a habit stacking brought into um, your life and into your family's life. So we're going to read a passage from Deuteronomy 11, verses 18 through 21. And I want to read this whole passage, and then we're going to look back a little bit closer at what it teaches. So this is Moses speaking, and, and he says, Fix these words of mine, God's word, the Bible. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. So here's this passage taught by Moses. He's teaching them now for the first time, giving them God's word. He's speaking to them. The Ten Commandments are coming through Moses. So many other things that God is instructing his people about. And he says, hey, you've got to take all these things that you're hearing, and you've got to fix them on your minds and hearts. Fix them. Get them stuck there. Get them in your mind and in your heart. And then he says to teach them to your children. It's really interesting. This passage is quite similar to Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. It's a very similar idea. So, so this is not just to have it for yourself, but for your whole family. Impress them. That word impress only occurs like that one time in the Hebrew there, and it's a word that could mean engrave. I like to think of it as that you're writing something over and over and over again until it makes a groove in it, right? It's like a tattoo on your heart because you've gone over it and over it and over it. It's a habitual thing. It's not just talk about God's word one time, listen to God's word one time. No, no, that's not enough. It's not enough. That's why you don't graduate from church. You guys notice that? You might graduate from like a membership class, but you never graduate from church because we got to hear it again and again and again. Over and over and over again. It's got to be impressed. It's got to be imprinted. It has got to be engraved and tattooed on your heart. That many times it's gone over. This is the idea of making a habit, isn't it? And it's interesting how God speaking through Moses, teaches us how to do it. Did you notice what he said, especially in the home? Verse 19 says, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Seems like normal, everyday things of life that you already have habits with. I think this is fascinating. Yes, we do create a space every Sunday that you come, that you hear God's word, that you bring your family. This is important. It's why we have Arise Kids. It's why we have stuff here that you can worship, something for everybody in the family. Like, we have that. It's important. But it's like, when you go home, you don't need to create a brand new habit of faith. You're already doing things that you can bring faith into. You can stack faith on to your everyday life. Do you see that? 
I remember my parents went through this phase when they were like, we're going to do daily devotionals as a family. Or maybe it was weekly. I don't even remember. I just remember hating it. And I think they hated it more than we did. Like, if I look back, I'm like, all the kids were like, oh, when is this over? Okay, at first, my dad tried it before the meal, and it was like, oh, we're so hungry, right? Half-hour devotional, the food is cold by the time you eat. Okay, then it was like, no, we'll do it Sunday nights, and trying to create a whole time by ourselves. Like, what do you do? Sometimes you read instructions like this, like, get out the hymnal. And I'm like, a hymnal? Like, how do we read those notes? Like, nobody knows how to do that anymore. That's like a lost. Read, sing the song together, read the Bible. And it's really hard to make out of whole cloth a brand new habit. But from the beginning, Moses is like, hey, you're already walking somewhere. And they walked everywhere. They didn't have vehicles in those days, in case you didn't know that. They didn't have a car. But we drive places, don't we? Do you drive somewhere with your family? Maybe it's to church, even. Maybe it's dropping them off in the morning for school, picking them up from school. Maybe it's a longer thing, a road trip. So how could you stack faith into your drive, into your commute? He, he says, uh, when, when you um, sit at home, well, when are you sitting at home as a family, maybe? For us, it's meals, especially dinner. That's the one where everybody's there, everybody's focused. Well, how could I stack faith into my meal? Maybe not a half-hour devotional, but maybe we could pray for a minute or two, two minutes. <laughs> we do a two-minute prayer so the food doesn't get too cold. Okay, and then it says, when you lie down. Well, when do you lie down? Every single night. Okay, whether it's your individual lying down or whether it's with your family and, and you're tucking your kids in at night. You're already doing that. How could you stack faith onto that? Or when you get up every morning, everybody's got to get up. What do you do in the morning? In a sense, a lot of Bible scholars look at this and they're like, oh, it just means like everything in your life bring God's word into you. Yes. Amen. But you can't start with everything, okay? But you can start somewhere. What if one of those things, or maybe it's something else that you do all the time as an individual or as a family, how could you stack faith onto that? Maybe for you it is starting to pray at a meal. Every night, we're going to pray before dinner. Simple prayer. Maybe it is every night before bed, you're going to read a Bible story to your kid. Maybe it's just for you. Maybe you need to read a Bible story, right? You got to start there. Um, James Clear, who, who I've mentioned a few times, he, he says that habits are easier to build when they fit into the flow of your life. You can't divert and go do something completely different. It's already going. Let's add God into it. There's this really great book that came out a lot of years ago um, called Revolutionary Parenting. Revolutionary Parenting. And it's by George Barna, who is a Christian sociologist. So what he did was survey the kids, and they, they really did a lot of survey first to figure out what kids grow up in a Christian home so that they are, he calls them spiritual champions into and throughout their life, meaning they walk with God. They have biblical knowledge and understanding. They give, they serve, they love other people, and they have a strong faith to get them through trials. He's like, what are they doing that's different than everybody else? So it's, it's really like, okay, what are those spiritual champions, what do their parents do that's different than everybody else? And there was really five things in the book that he kind of points out. But two of them and that, that I think fit together in this is one is that the parents have personal spiritual habits. That's like the first one. Like there has to be somebody who actually prays themselves. You can't expect the kid to pray if the parent doesn't pray. You can't expect the kid to read the Bible if... The parents don't do it. You cannot impart what you do not possess. You guys hear me on this? 
So that's kind of the first one. They've developed some of their own habits in their life. And one of the other uh, five items, the second one, is that they actually talk about God throughout their life. It's not like a separate daily devotional or whatever. It's through life as things are happening. As they're driving, they talk about things. When they see a homeless person, they talk about it. How do we have compassion for those? And whenever something comes up in the life, they talk about faith. It calls it like God talk. Like, do you have God talk? And I'm like, that sounds a lot like what Moses was teaching here. In that normal bit of life, they're, they're bringing in a habit of talking about faith. That they're praying. Because that's bringing the spirituality into everyday life. If you want to be a revolutionary parent, habit stack. If you want spiritual champions in your kids and in your grandkids, you need to learn to habit stack your faith. Habit stack your faith. Today in Arise Kids, um, the, there's a cool project some of our um, volunteer team came up with was that they're, they're um, making these jars and they're, I think, going to decorate them. And then on, in the jars are a bunch of popsicle sticks. And on the popsicle sticks are things to pray for. I think that's pretty cool. So it's like a cool little art thing that they're doing today, craft. So if you, your parents are in Arise Kids right now, they'll come out hopefully with one of these jars um, with the popsicle sticks. Uh, I'm not sure which age, so if it's probably a nursery uh, kid, they might not have those popsicle sticks. Uh, <laughs> we don't give those to the infants yet. Um, but if your kid comes out with that, now you have something that you can bring into your everyday life. I think that's pretty cool that you could keep it in your car. And as you're driving, like, hey, what's one thing we can pray for? Pull out a popsicle stick, pray for it. First thing in the morning, what's something we should pray for today? At night, what's one thing we could do? At dinner, you pull out one popsicle stick. We're trying to make it easy, right? You got the cue. You already have the thing happening in your life. Now let's stack on faith to it. And some of you are like, oh, that's a great idea. I want to give ideas like that. You should serve and arise, kids. Yeah, yes. We are looking for 20 more individuals to serve and arise, kids, and you could be a part of it. We're, we're planning probably within the next six months, we're going to have two more classrooms open, Okay. So that's four more volunteers a week that we're going to need, right? Two for each of the classrooms every single week in, in, in each service, right? I, I might have done the, done the math wrong, but that's why we need 20, okay? Whatever the math is, Brenna told me, we need 20. So that might be you. Go to risedenver.com serve to invest in the next generation. Because what we aim to do, and I don't know if you guys know this, we use a curriculum called Orange. And the point of Orange, the whole basis of Orange curriculum is that we as a church come alongside families. Do you want to know one of the sad statistics in revolutionary parenting? Even if you bring your kids to church every single week, but you never talk about faith outside of church, your kids will not walk with Jesus when they're adult. They won't. We cannot transform your kid's life in one hour a week. I'm sorry. It's not enough. But we can come alongside you and help you. There's even an app with cues like, I wonder where they got that idea. It's called the Parent Q app to give parents cues to things to talk about. How could you, after Sunday, you should come, come back with, uh, with a Bible verse or with this little sheet of paper, and on it are things to talk about with your kids. What if every Sunday after you're leaving church, you say, what did you learn today? I mean, that's a simple question, right? But that's something you could stack on every single week and build faith into your kids every single week. You're, you're taking it home with you. Habit stack your faith. What, what's amazing, though, is as we begin to habit stack our faith, it really does change us. That's why God invented it. He created it so it could change us. 
Back, back in verse 18, it says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Hearts and minds. That's how we're supposed to do it. When, when it's on your heart, something that you're feeling, you, you just have it in there. That, that's what a habit does. It's, it's there in your heart. So it's not just like, well, I guess I have to serve. No, I want to serve. My heart has been changed. I've been transformed to want to love people and to serve people. It's not just like I have to spend time with God in the morning because it's my boring habit of prayer. It's like I can't wait to do it. The more and more you develop a habit like that, it begins to change your heart and your mind. You're going to think differently. You're going to feel differently, and therefore you're going to act differently. That's the goal of habits. What's interesting in this passage, you remember we we read it says like fix these words on, on your hands. Put it on your forehead. Okay, this isn't literal. And no, and I have to say this because so many people take it literally. Like, you've got to get the Bible verse. No, no, this was a thing. And I point this out because in Jesus' day, people only took it literally. They had these little boxes they would build and write scripture on it and put it in the boxes. They were called phylacteries, these boxes of scripture. You can't put a Bible verse on your forehead. So they had to like make these tassels and they would have tassels on their garments because they would want to do it. And it says on your homes too and they would put these glass boxes or metal boxes with little pieces of scripture written in it and they'd put it on every single doorpost because they wanted to literally fulfill what the law says. Jesus got mad about that because those people were the most arrogant, mean, religious jerks on the planet. So, so it's interesting in Matthew 23... Jesus talks about this. He's like, it's not supposed to be just literal. He says, everything they do, talking about these religious people, is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide. They want everybody to see that they have their Bible verses on their wrists, right? On their hands. It was never about the external. It was about making it internal. We don't have prayer habits and scripture reading habits and memorizing scripture in order to impress other people. We do it so God's word will be impressed in our hearts and minds. It's to transform us from the inside out and make us into the people God has called us to be. More like Jesus, more like who you wish you could be. But it takes those daily habits, habit stacking your faith. So it changes us. And what I love about this passage is that it not only changes us, it changes our destiny and the destiny of generations to come. Simple habits done regularly. Did you notice in verse 21, the last verse in our passage? The reason why we do these daily habits, habits stack your faith into your regular life. Why? So that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. How many days are the heavens above the earth? Every day. Forever. God is saying, if you bring God's word, you bring faith into your everyday life, into the life of your family, you have these habits that keep going and building and getting stronger, it will impact you and your children and descendants, generations to come that won't even know your name. It could completely change the future. A few weeks ago, I met with someone in our church, um, Brian Shoemaker, and he was telling me about kind of his faith background. And what I loved was he's like, yeah, it was a major deal when my grandpa stopped having his store open on Sundays. I was like, tell me more about this. He grew up in in Missouri, and his great-grandfather and grandfather had been farmers, but they decided to buy an auto parts store in town and open it up. 
And they had to work hard. They were farmers, so they're working seven days a week all the time. And he said it was his grandma taking uh, the kids, his, his parents and, and his aunts and uncles, to church every week. Just the grandma. And if you know anything that you know statistically, if, if the dad goes to church, I don't know if you guys knew this, 87% of kids will become followers of Jesus for a lifetime. 87%. It's almost reverse. If it's just the mom, it's 17%. Okay? So for, in his family, it was just grandma that was taking the kids to church. Grandpa and great-grandpa ran the store every Sunday. But then a revival came to town. And in 1955, great-grandpa, grandpa accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they decided we need to follow Jesus. And they made a decision, and it seems just like a simple decision, that we're going to shut down the store on Sundays so that we can go to church and worship with our families. And that's a big deal, like, oh my gosh, a seventh of our revenue could be lost, right? That's a huge deal. But they made that decision, and it, what happened? It became a habit. So every single week from then on, the kids and the grandkids were with grandpa and great-grandpa in church. And Brian said it transformed our entire family for generations. That He traces even his faith back to that decision to make a small spiritual habit to worship weekly. That's huge. That's huge. Small habits can change your destiny. And the destiny of your kids, your grandkids, even your great-grandkids who won't remember you, your decisions to make a little impact through a habit can change your destiny. And that's why we're talking about this here. I hope that the habits you develop in these 21 days of prayer and in 2023 can impact your life. Make 2023 better. That'd be great. We all want a better 2023 than 2022, right? We want it better. But this is not just for 2023. This is for lo as long as the heavens are above the earth. If you make small habits of faith, could impact your destiny. So, if you're here in person, you have one of these cards. If you're online, you can fill, follow the link to the resources. And, and if you flip this card over, is a simple little equation that could help you add one faith habit to your life. So we want to do one faith habit. And it's simple. I want you to write this down because if you write it down, it's more likely to happen. And what I want you to do, and this is just a simple equation, so after blank, that's the current habit you already have. You're already doing something in your life. Your alarm already goes off. We already sit down for dinner. It's something you're already doing, so write that first. And after that thing, I will blank. And that's the new habit that you're trying to develop. Bringing faith, spirituality, if you're not a Christian, just something meaningful into your life. Add that in the second blank. And then the third thing, we haven't talked about it much today, but is the reward. What's something that you want to do? Okay, maybe it is watch that Netflix show, or, or it is check Instagram, okay? You get the dopamine rush from that, okay? You're going to wait to do that until you have done the thing that you want to do. Do you guys get this? So I want you to take a minute right now and write that down. I'm going to give you a minute to do that, and Melissa's going to come up and share a little bit. Hey everybody, I just wanted to tell a little of my story that has to do with a two minute habit. Um, when I was a little girl, I was two years old, my mom decided to make a habit of 
of praying with me every night. And she committed to that, and she have it stacked it into our bedtime routine. And so every night she would come in, and we would just say a quick little prayer together. Um, and that habit has blessed my life so much in so many ways. Um, and, you know, because we had done that from the time I was two years old, when I got to the kind of difficult middle school years and the difficult things that happened as a teenager, I was used to her coming into my room every night and praying, and I, could, I felt so comfortable just sharing things that were hard that I needed prayer for. And, you know, that simple habit that she established when I was so little taught me so many things about faith and about how to trust God and um, just to rely on Him in, in the hard things and the good things. And, you know, even now as an adult, we still pray together about lots of things. And it has just been such a blessing to have that in my life. And it all started with a two-minute habit that was stacked into our bedtime routine. And now I'm starting to do that with my kids, too. And so the habits that you're writing down today not only can bless your life, but your kids, your future kids, your grandkids. So I just want to encourage you to commit to that habit of faith, whatever you're writing down. Thank you, Melissa. Can we give her a hand? Thank you. And Luann is here today, so thank you, Luann. Thank you for praying with Melissa every night. So, yeah, what's your one habit that you're writing down today? What's the one habit of faith that you want to commit to, to stack it into your normal routine, into your normal life? Because that two minutes can change your destiny. Change your destiny. And I want to tell you this. Some of you here today, maybe you've been kind of circling around faith. Maybe you know that there's something deeper, something more important. And maybe you need to make the decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. It's a decision, but let me tell you, it will impact all of your habits. It will change so much. And I want you to know that Jesus came to this earth to love you, to serve you, and then to die on your behalf. Because you will mess up, you will do bad things, you have some bad habits that you need to come back next week to learn how to break. And yet still Jesus loves you. And he still died on the cross to forgive you of your sins and give you a better future and an eternity with him. And that's available when you receive his gift, his death on the cross. So I want to give everybody the opportunity to, to say that simple prayer right now. If you're already a follower of Jesus, repeat this prayer after me to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. Please bow your heads, close your eyes, and repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Give me the gift of eternal life. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you and develop good habits and change my destiny. If your eyes are closed right now, but you made that decision today 
the most important decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you. So on the count of three, put your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air. Praise God. We're celebrating with you. Can we celebrate those who made that amazing decision? Praise God. We love you. I see you here today. What a great decision. God is working in your life. Now I want to turn it over to Melissa. Because if you're here today and maybe you're making a habit of faith, and you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm committing to you. We want to help you. And Mer Melissa's going to pray for you. So if you're making a decision to make um, a habit of faith today, put your hand into the air right now. Put your hand in the air if you're making that decision of faith today. And Melissa's going to say a special prayer blessing for you guys. Lord God, thank you so much for these ones that are making these commitments, God. I just pray that you would bless their efforts so much. That you would just give them fortitude and strength and tenacity God that you would just let these habits that they're establishing today impact their life impact their kids life and generations to come God that you would just let them see the fruit of these habits in their life God I just pray a special blessing on them that you would pour out your favor on them that you would let the people around them see the ways that they're being changed, God, because of these habits of faith. Thank you, God. We, we know that you have blessing in store for this. We thank you so much for all that you do for us, all the ways that you help us, and all the good things that you bring into our life. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.